Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Burrell's Unedited Podcast. This is episode 19. Lots to get into today. we got seven different segments. Obviously, combat sports. We'll do the headlines. What is next in the UFC 258 predictions for this coming weekend? Do a little would you rather. Get us some soccer. Do some headlines. How I think the top six will finish in the Prem. And my final Champions League round of 16 predictions. Get into some NBA headlines. Rank Bleacher Reports, trade packages for Oladipo and how likely they are. Then we'll do uh, trade packages for these three players. And then my updated Power 7 rankings. Then we'll do an overreaction or not. And then we'll do NFL, obviously. Uh, we'll do just the headlines, basically. And then I'm going to do my – I'm going to do a what if – I saw this. I saw a guy do this what if mock draft. We're going to get into that. I'll give you the details of that when we get to it. And then obviously we'll do college basketball talk, do some headlines, and then we'll get into my first seeding rankings, one through four. Um, starting off with combat sports. Uh, yesterday, Ariel broke the news. UFC moving toward Dustin Connor 3. Negotiations are underway. Probably in May, I'm hearing. Um, let's see. You got UFC 258 here in February. And then in March, you have 259 and 260. And then April is going to be 261. And then you're going to do 262 will probably be Connor Poirier 3. Um, UFC wants to do it in Vegas this time I'm hearing, which I like that better too. I like the Vegas ones better in my opinion. But So yeah, that's underway. That's probably what's going to happen next. Uh, Nate Diaz changes plans. He's looking for fights at 170. He was on Ariel Hawani's podcast. He said he wants Poirier or Charles, but it must be at 170. I'm hearing that's very unlikely. Um, Ferguson was willing to do the fight at 170, so we'll see if that gets made. I don't know what other fights it could be. I mean, if Jorge Covington falls through, maybe a Jorge rematch. I don't know. Um, I don't think he gets Dustin or Charles. Um, Dustin wants the big money, and he you're going to get the most money by fighting Connor. Um, Charles wants to fight for the title at 155, so I don't see that happening. He's just calling out names to try to get his, head, uh, get his name out there. Ferguson's a great fight. I think that fight makes the most sense, honestly. Uh, Ferguson coming off, you know, a couple losses in a row. Um, it'll be a good test to see if, you know, if Ferguson, you know, can get by Nate Diaz, we know he's still there. Um, but if he loses to Nate Diaz, we know that, you know, maybe it's, you know, maybe his time as elite is over. Cause I don't think Nate's elite anymore either. I think he's just a fun fight to watch whoever he fights. Um, Oliveira turned down Chandler and Gaethje now. So he's turned down both those guys. He wants the title and this is what happens. I'm going to tell you with the UFC. Leon Edwards turned down fight after fight because he wanted to fight for the title. And guess what? They took him out of the rankings, said, you want to get back in the rankings and keep fighting? You fight, here you go, you get Hazmat, Shemaev. So, uh, all very surprised how turn down fights and just fight either Gaethje or Chandler, whether it's for the belt or not. Um, he should probably just fight him because at some point, if you beat Chandler or Gaethje, yeah, at some point you're going to get that title shot. Um, and Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje, they're open to all options. They want, you know... Uh, they want any and they want to fight. So maybe if Oliveira keeps turning down fights, they're going to put Oliveira, you know, on the sidelines for a little bit, and you're going to do Chandler Gaethje potentially. Um, but Oliveira, I don't think they give Oliveira a title shot now in his next fight because of turning down fights. You just don't do that with UFC. Uh, Tyrone Woodley versus Vicente Luca in the works for UFC 260. 259 and 260 are going to be so stacked. Those pay-per-views are going to be can't miss. Um, I can't wait. 259 is obviously Izzy, Yawn. It has three title fights. UFC 260 is obviously the rematch between Stipe and Ganu with Volk and Ortega on the card. Those are going to be legit, legit cards. And then 261 is rumored that it, that's the one that Nate Diaz is going to be on. Uh, he wants to return in April or May. 
I think they're gonna not. They wouldn't put him on the Connor card because you don't want to. You want to separate those two unless obviously they're fighting each other. So I'm guessing you're, they're gonna try to get Nate in at UFC 261 in April. Um, hopefully against Tony Ferguson. Um, Mayweather versus Logan Paul postponed. Um, no reason why really. I don't know if it was the pay per view doing very bad, which they because they did those early pay per view sales. I'm guessing that. I'm guessing it wasn't selling well. So I wonder if they're gonna redo. The pay-per-view thing and maybe make it cheaper. Like, maybe make it just 25 or 30 bucks straight up. It's an exhibition. Nobody's wanting to pay. Now, if Floyd came back and actually boxed somebody for real, or fought a legit... Like, if it was a Connor rematch, you know, I could see that. Sorry about that. Watching the Copa Italia leg two between Juventus and Inter just popped on my bad. But yeah, I think it's the pay-per-views. Um, I'm guessing that's what it was. So I would do it 20, 25 bucks. Because who cares? <laughs> In my mind, which is the next thing we're going to talk about, I think Jake Paul Ben Askren is way more interesting, way more interesting than Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather. Not even close. I think it's going to sell so much better. That's one where you could do 40 bucks, 50 bucks, and I would buy I would buy that. I would not buy Mayweather Logan Paul at 40, 50 bucks. I'd buy it for 20. Sure, I'd buy it for 20 just because I love, I love fighting. And why not? Watch the show. But yeah, I'm guessing that's why it got postponed. So Jake Paul Ben Askren will take place April 17th on Triller. Contracts are signed. Everything's through. Uh, they haven't done the undercard yet. There's supposed to be a couple world title fights on there, I guess. And I don't understand that. I think you should just make it a a fun card. Don't put don't put like real elite professional boxers on the card. I don't like that. But yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, more I think about it, the more I think, you know, if Ben Askren can, you know, get it into the later rounds, um, I think he has a chance to win this. I think you're going to see Paul go for the win early in rounds one, two, and three. He's going to go in throwing big bombs. And, uh, you know, people get this mistaken that Askren doesn't have a chin. Well, it's, he got flying need, um, first off. So we'll see what happens there. I think, uh, I think Askren can win this fight as long as he doesn't get finished early. Um, I think if he can get it to round four through eight, I think he can end up wearing on Paul and maybe finishing him late, and Jake's going to realize, damn, this guy's a lot tougher than I thought, and maybe I shouldn't have fought a real fighter, even though he's not a striker. Um, but yeah, I'm very interested. I don't have a for-sure prediction right now. I'm honestly 50-50 on who I think will win, but we'll get to that as it gets closer to April 17th. Uh, Canindo, Cano, Canillo will face Billy Joe Saunders on May 1st or 8th. If he beats Avani Yildrum on February 27th and comes out uninjured, three belts in that division will be up for grab between Canelo and Billy Joe. This is the fight. This is the fight I've wanted to see the entire time for Canelo. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders, he isn't, you know, the most fun fighter, the most fun boxer to watch, um, you know, but he he doesn't get hit a lot. And he's very fast, and I think this is the fight. Um, I, I with the way Canelo is fighting right now, though, I will pick Canelo probably. But this is the fight I want to see. I think this is probably Canelo's toughest fight at one sixty eight. Is Billy Joe? That's a great fight, and I hope that happens. Uh, Fury, when asked what his game plan would be for Joshua, just like Wilder, straightforward. I absolutely because uh, Wilder and Joshua are both power punchers, and they want to be moving forward to land their power shots. Fury did the right thing in the in the rematch. Um, you know, he moved forward and he made Wilder throw power off his back foot, which isn't, it's not, then the power is diminished. And he's going to do that with Joshua, right, right straight at him. 
I think he's going to walk all over Anthony Joshua. Fury's head head and shoulders better than everybody in the heavyweight division. Um, there are still some interesting fights. Um, Alexander Uzik, the once cruiserweight, now moved to heavyweight. We'll see what he can do, though. He's going to have to still win some fights at heavyweight, in my opinion. This is the fight to make, though. These are the two best heavyweights in the world right now. Fury being one, Joshua being two. So Joshua Wilder, to me, would be more exciting and unpredictable than I think Fury Joshua will be. Or, I mean, Joshua Wilder. And then Fury Joshua is less to me because I, I just don't see it. I think uh, I think Fury just walks all over him. Dillian White wants Wilder after rematch with Povetkin. I, that's a good fight for Wilder, too. I like that matchup. Uh, Dillian White gets hit, and he's obviously can be knocked out. So I think that's a good fight for Wilder to come back to. Wait, see what Dillian White does. Or even fight Povetkin. If Povetkin's able to beat Dillian White again, do Wilder versus Povetkin. That's a good fight also. So, yeah, the the winner of that fight would be a good matchup for Wilder, in my opinion. All right, so let's get into a little what's next after the fight night. We'll do we're gonna do Dariush, Edgar, Sandhagen, Overeem, and Volkov. I mean, Overeem. He said that this was his last run, but he really he didn't announce his retirement. He said that you know I'm gonna go back to the drawing board and we'll see what we want to do next. So maybe he fights again. We'll start off with Dariush, who looks unbelievable right now. I got two fights in mind. First option would be Dan Hooker, who's coming off two straight losses. Uh, I think Hooker should win against Dariush, but I don't know. Dariush is looking really good, so I think that's a good fight. And if Paul Felder wants to come back and fight again, Dariush versus Felder would be a great fight. Frank Yeager, obviously a brutal knockout. Um, I think they jumped Edgar to the top way too quick in Bantamweight. Pedro Munoz is nowhere near on the level of Corey Sandhagen. And Edgar did win that fight, but it was close. Um, I did have it three rounds to two for Frankie, and I, I thought he I thought he for sure won, but it was a close fight, and it was a competitive fight. Sandhagen would maul Pedro Munoz, in my opinion. Um, so for Edgar, I, you know, you could do Rob Font as an option. That would be my probably – I had it as the first. I probably did it as the second option because you could see Rob Font maybe fighting Cody Garbrandt or something. That's potentially – that could potentially happen. Or Dillashaw, if Dillashaw takes a fight. Um Marlon Marais isn't a bad idea of Frank Yeager either. Uh, both coming, you know, Edgar coming off a loss, Marais coming off a couple straight losses, so that wouldn't be a bad fight either. Frankie may retire though. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But those two, Font or Marais, would be my options. Corey Sandhagen. There's really only two options here. One, you wait for the title. You wait for Jan and Aljamain to fight, and you either get Jan or you get a rematch with Aljamain. I think right now Sandhagen's better than both those guys. I think Aljamain is better than Jan. But I think now, I think Sandhagen's better. Uh, or two, TJ Dillashaw. Why not? Why not Dillashaw, Sandhagen on a fight night main event for a Dillashaw return? I would love that. That would be tremendous matchmaking. See if, you know, Dillashaw beats Sandhagen, then we know Dillashaw's still in it. Sandhagen beats Dillashaw, I mean, good night. You got a star in your hands. So, yeah, it's either wait for the title or TJ Dillashaw. You don't fight anyone else. There's no one else to fight. The only, like I said, the only two guys that you would fight outside of Dillashaw are fighting for the belt. So, yeah, that's that's what I do if I was Sanhagen. Over him, one I had retire, um, but if he chooses to come back, I think uh, the loser of Rosenstruck, uh, Cyril Gane. Obviously, he's fought Rosenstruck before. He was winning that fight till he was knocked out in the fifth round. So it may be a rematch with Rosenstruck if he doesn't beat Gane, or a fight with Cyril Gane if he loses. But you know, retirement is a possibility. Volkov, one you fight the winner of Rosenstruck, Cyril Gane. Uh, because I think, obviously, Shogane will probably jump into the top five and replace Rosenstruck if he beats him. 
or Rosenstruck is ranked, what, third? He'll stay right there. So a Volkov-Rosenstruck fight makes a ton of sense. Two, Derek Lewis, if he beats Curtis Blades. No one wants to see Blades Volkov, too. And no one wants to see Blades fight at all anyway. I mean, I'm sick of this guy. He just lays on people. I hope Derek Lewis can win. Because Derek Lewis-Volkov rematch would be interesting as well. Volkov was dominating that fight until he was knocked out in the last 10 seconds. Either of those matchups are great for Volkov. No Blades, though. So in my opinion, the most likely matchup for Volkov would be the Rosenstruck Serogane winner for sure so let's get into UFC 258 predictions obviously it's not the most stat card in the world but it has a lot of fun fights in the in the in the on the undercard and in the main card it's not big names but fun fights a lot of fun fights and obviously the main event's very high level Usman Burns for the title let's start off with uh, one a couple or three of these are so the first three are prelim fights on the undercard and then the next four are on the main card so let's start Ricky Simone versus Brian Kelleher. This is a fantastic fight. It's going to be a war. I got Simone via unanimous decision. Uh, Bilal Muhammad versus Diego Lima, a welterweight bout. This should be a very fun scrap. I got Muhammad via unanimous decision as well. Uh, Bobby Green versus Jim Miller, lightweight bout. This will be balls to the walls. I think Bobby Green gets it done via second round TKO. And then you got Pedro Munoz, obviously coming off the loss to Frankie Edgar versus Jimmy Rivera. I believe he's on a two-fight losing streak. I'll have to double-check that. But I believe he's on a two-fight losing streak. I'm going Munoz via first-round knockout, though. Uh, and then Kelvin Gaslam back on a three-fight skid. He's fighting Ian Heinish. Um, people are, you know, Heinish is good, but the guys that Gaslam has lost to are are all very, you know, top seven, top six middleweights. Like, they're elite fighters. And I'm not saying Heinish is not, but he's not. I don't think he's as good as guys like Hermanson. And uh, obviously Stylebender and stuff like that. I'm gonna go Gaslam via second round TKO. I think he gets back on track here. Uh, I heard he's he's you know remotivated. He's taking he's taking it very seriously now. He knows that if he loses again, it, it, you know it could be it, be it could be cut days. You know you could get cut. You lose four in a row, man. That's not good. So this is a big fight for Gaslam. I'm gonna say Gaslam comes out and gets it done via second round TKO. Uh, Macy Barber back from her ACL injury versus Alexa Grosso. No favors here by the UFC. Women's flyweight bout. I do think Barbara gets it done. I think she is a future champion potentially in this division. I'm going Barbara via third round TKO. In the main event, Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns. This is a tough one for me to call because, you know, Burns has looked very good. Uh, who do you fight? He fought Woodley. Um, 50-43, I think, on all the court scorecards or 50-44. Usman coming off the win over Masvidal was very lackluster. Kind of boring fight, obviously. Um... I don't really know who I think. I really don't know who I think's going to win. I'm going for Usman. I'm going Usman here by decision. By decision. Only because I want Colby Covington to get the rematch with Kamar Usman. I don't want Burns to beat Usman. I want Covington to end up fighting Usman. So, uh, yeah. That's the fight I want. And then another thing that Usman said. He said he doesn't see clear contenders after the Burns fight. That's interesting. You know, uh, I can think of some off the top of my head right now. Colby Covington. He just beat Woodley. What if he goes ahead and beats Masvidal and beats Masvidal worse than you did? Because you didn't beat Masvidal very... Yeah, it was... You definitely won the fight, but it wasn't like you beat the shit out of him. Uh, Wonderboy Thompson is there. Michael Chiesa is coming up. What if Leon Edwards beats Hosmont? You know? So, I mean, there's contenders. I don't know if that's that might have been Ali talking there. But there is definitely contenders in that welterweight division. Let's just be completely honest. So, let's get into a Would You Rather... Would you rather uh, run the Chiefs or the Bucks moving forward? 
Um, Bucks have a tough decision this offseason because I don't think they can bring back Shaq Barrett and Chris Godwin. Godwin's going to be a guy that's $14, 15000000 million a year on the market. Shaq Barrett as well. So I don't think they keep both. Chiefs are going to return most of their guys. Um, and, I, you know, the O-line obviously will be back healthier next year. You're going to have Tardif. Uh, hopefully, you know, you get Schwartz and Fisher back. You'll definitely get Schwartz back for the start of the season. Who knows about Fisher? Um, if it's just one year, I mean, I like the Bucks next year probably a little bit. Like, they're, if they can, if they if they can keep Barrett and Goblin though, because I mean, I would keep Barrett. I think Goblin's easier to replace than Shaq Barrett. But who knows what's going to happen there? I mean, I'll take the Chiefs moving forward into the future. If you're talking the next five, ten years, next year's a toss up though to me. I'm not, I don't even know if I can pick one. But I'll roll Chiefs because I'm on my homes. I'll roll Chiefs. Would you rather have Darnold or Jimmy G as your QB? There is rumors that Darnold to Sam Fran is a possibility. Um, I'd rather have Darnold. I know people are going to say, well, Jimmy's been in the Super Bowl. Yes. He's also played with a great team. When has Sam Darnold had a good team ever? Um, I think Sam Darnold's a very talented quarterback. And uh, I think if you can put peace around him, he can be a very good quarterback in this league. I like his arm talent, and I just like him as a quarterback better than I like Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, so, yeah, I will take Sam Darnold. Um, would you rather sign Aaron Jones long-term or use money elsewhere? Obviously, Rodgers wants Jones back long-term. I just think you could bring back Jamal Williams, who you use as your backup this year on a cheaper deal, and you have A.J. Dillon as your two-headed, you know, as your two-headed monster running back in the backfield. Jamal comes in as your third-down back. He's a good receiving back. A.J. Dillon's your power runner. And use the money to maybe go get Rodgers another receiver, go get a good old lineman, something like that. Um, I would use the money elsewhere. I'm not keen on paying running backs big-time money. I know Aaron Jones is a very, very good running back. I didn't like when the Cowboys gave Zeke the money. I I understand why they did a little, but again, I'm not huge on signing running backs to big-time contracts. So I would use the money elsewhere if I was Green Bay, a receiver, a tackle, something like that. Uh, would you rather have Kevin De Bruyne or Bruno Fernandes? I'm going to go Bruno Fernandes right now and moving into the future younger. I like Bruno Fernandes. I think he's the best mid- midfielder in the Prem. He might. Let me just think off the top of my head. He might be the best midfielder in the world right now. I honestly think so. I honestly think Bruno Fernandes might be the best midfielder in the world right now. I will take Bruno Fernandes. Uh, would you rather have AD or Giannis? Obviously, people bagging on AD because the season the slow start to the year. I think he's only averaging 21 a game or something like that. I'm going to tell you something that people don't know. Uh, Anthony Davis is coming into the year very banged up from the postseason run. He had multiple injuries. Knee, ankle, uh, shoulder, hand and wrist. He had some very, very bad injuries that he played through in the uh, bubble. And he only had two months to recover. Um, so I like them sitting him out some games here and there. Let him recover. Um, I'm taking AD over Giannis. He shoots the three better. I think he's a better defender. Uh, rebounding, maybe go to Giannis, but slightly. It's not a big difference. Um, I will take AD over Giannis, 100%. All right, so we're going to some soccer. A couple headlines. Uh, Man City will consider uh, Sergio Aguero for Romelu Lukaku swap this summer. Obviously, Aguero 33, Lukaku 27. That's a potential move. I like it. I mean, get younger. I, I think Lukaku could fit very well in at Man City. So, yeah, I, I don't mind that move. Uh, Zlatan, Zlatan Ibrahimovic will continue to play as long as his body holds up. Wants to stay at AC Milan if he does continue. 
yeah, I mean, he's, he said if, you know, I go through this season, no bad injuries, I'll come back and play again. And why not stay at AC Milan? They love him there. He's their leader. So, yeah, I would love to see him stay and play another year. Uh, Leeds, Rapina, linked to Liverpool. God, this would be a great move for us Liverpool fans. We would love this. Um, Rapina is a very special player. Um, I think it's the right move. If we go get him, go get younger. He becomes a replacement for Sané or Salah at some point. Uh, yeah, I love this move. And then here we go. This is a little thing I saw. How Ronaldo and Messi could be teammates next year. So let me set it up for you. How could they be teammates next year? Well, uh, Leo Messi is linked to move to PSG this summer because he wants to play with Neymar again. Okay? So he would go out in the right wing. You have Neymar on the left wing. Okay, but then how do you get Ronaldo there? Well, Mbappe is linked to want to go to Real Madrid this summer. He has not re-extended his contract. He would like to play at Real Madrid next year. And then you hear Cristiano Ronaldo is leaving Juventus and is linked to PSG as a Mbappe replacement. So you'd have a f- top, th- you'd have a banging top three of Neymar, Ronaldo, Messi. They could potentially play together at PSG next year. It is a, it is a possibility. How likely? Probably under 50%. I'd say it's about a 25-20% chance of happening, but it is a possibility. What a, That would be incredible. I'd love to see that. I would love to see Neymar, Ronaldo, Messi all playing together. I think that'd be great. Uh, you know, if PSG can't get it done this year, go in PSG a Champions League final. So it is possible that, that happens. How will the top six finish in the Prem? Obviously, Liverpool, two straight losses. Uh, they they botched it in my opinion. I don't think Man City drops many points the rest of the year, so I do think Man City runs away with it. But they're in fourth, um, and I do think the teams ahead of them, Leicester and Man U, they are very. It's very Man U drops points like like Liverpool has this year. So I think Liverpool is getting up second with Man City obviously finishing the top. I think Man U will finish third. I also think Chelsea is going to sneak into the top four. I love the hire of the old PSG coach. They're playing very well defensively now. They haven't lost a game since he's come in. I think Chelsea will finish fourth. I got Leicester going down to fifth. And I think Tottenham will get it together to where they go up and finish uh, sixth. They're in ninth right now. So that's how I have it. Man City one, Liverpool two, Man U three, Chelsea four, Leicester five, Tottenham six. So now we'll get into my final Champions League round of 16 stage predictions. These are all in order of the dates and the time these games will be played. So the first game of the Champions League is going to be PSG versus Barcelona. I'm going PSG. Both teams don't look great right now. I'm going to go PSG, though, to win this one and move on to the round of eight, the quarterfinals. Uh, Then Liverpool will play Leipzig. I like Liverpool also. I know they're banged up. I like Liverpool to advance over Leipzig, though, to the uh, quarterfinals as well. Dortmund Sevilla. I was a toss up on this one. I thought, you know, Sevilla looked has looked very good. I'm gonna go Dortmund though over Sevilla to get to the quarterfinals. Juventus Porto. I'm going Juventus to take out Porto and advance to the quarterfinals. Bayern Lazio, pretty easy. I think Bayern. Uh first upset I have, I'm going after the new hire, I'm going Chelsea over Atletico to advance to the quarterfinals. I am gonna go Chelsea. Uh, Man City will definitely beat Gladbach. And then my biggest upset probably, Atalanta will beat Real Madrid in the round of 16. I think Real Madrid not looking good right now. Very banged up. I'm going to go Atalanta to beat Real Madrid in the round of 16. So my 
quarterfinals will be PSG, Liverpool, Dortmund, Juventus, Bayern, Chelsea, Man City, and Atalanta. NBA, a couple headlines here. Uh, Since James Harden has joined the Nets, Harden ranks dead last as a defender with a minus 2.8 real plus minus. Nets are one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. Harden is also shooting a career low 24% from three. Rockets are the number one defensively and have won you know, quite a few. They they won six or seven at one point. I have to recheck now, but they they look better. Uh, Lamella Ball won Rookie of the Month for January. He's playing phenomenal. He's starting. He looks very good. I told everyone he should have been the number one overall pick in this draft. Minnesota messed up. Golden State, I know Wiseman looks good, but I think they messed up as well. Mello and Curry would have been deadly this year. Um, NBA All-Star Game is most likely happening March 7th in Atlanta. Not a lot of players are too keen on playing in it, though, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Most teams think if Beal is moved, it will be in the offseason and not at the deadline. Probably the right decision because I feel like if you try to make a trade at the the deadline, you're rushing it. Why rush it? You have him under contract. He's not leaving a free agency. Make the best move for your team this offseason. Uh, Rockets are looking to move on from Oladipo, P.J. Tucker, and Daniel House as well. They're looking to unload for sure. And here we go. We're going to rate Bleacher Report's trade packages for Oladipo and how likely they are. So they gave four trade packages. Um, how likely could this could this be? So the Knicks would trade Obi Toppin. Ooh. Uh, it would now be Frank Nicktolina uh, and a and Dallas's 2023 top 10 protective first rounder. Rating and the rating is for the Rockets. How good is this for the Rockets? It's an A. But how likely? I'm giving it a 2 out of 10. Uh they're not trading Toppin. No, not yet. I, why? You know, come on. You're not trading Toppin. So I think it's a 2 out of 10 likely. Um Dallas trades Josh Green, Tyrell Terry, James Johnson a 2025 first rounder. Rating C+. Plus. I mean, 2025 first rounder, I expect Dallas to be pretty damn good by then. So, and then how likely? I said four out of ten, though. Uh, it was this, it would be the the third likeliest to happen. Um, this one is the most likeliest to happen for me. Warriors trade Kelly Oubre, Jordan Poole, Brad Wanamaker, and Minnesota's top twenty top three 2021 protective first rounder. Warriors also receive Portland's lottery protective first rounder. Rating A for uh for Houston, especially that Minnesota pick. Um, you're hoping it doesn't land in the top three, but you're hoping that's a decent trade. Um, how likely? Eight out of ten. I think they need to go get Oladipo. I think he's better than Ubre. You move Wiggins, you know, Wiggins plays will play his natural position. You'll get a natural shooting guard in Oladipo. In my opinion, a better defender than Kelly Ubre. So yeah, I like this trade a lot. Uh eight out of ten, likely. Um, Memphis trades Justice Winslow, Tyus Jones, Xavier Tillman, and Utah's 2021 first rounder. He gave it a B plus on rating. How likely though? I think it'd be a seven out of ten because, you know, I think uh, Houston's going to lose. We get a young guy, a couple, three young guys, and another first rounder this year. How likely? I'm going to say seven out of ten. The second likeliest out of these four. So now we're going to get in my trade packages for these three players. I put three guys out there: Zach Levine, um, Terry Rozier, and Julius Randle. Start off with uh, Rozier, and I do not think the Knicks will trade Randall, but he's going to get a lot, a lot of. They're going to get a lot of calls for him at the deadline. Uh, Rozier, Pelicans trade Lonzo Ball and Nico Melli for Terry Rozier. Put Lonzo and Lamelo together. Why not see what see what happens? Um, and then I'll give you which trade I think makes the most sense, or which trade is the best. 
Mavericks trade Tim Hardaway Jr. and a protected first rounder for Terry Rozier. Knicks would trade Frank Natilakina and Kevin Knox and a protected first rounder. If I was the Hornets, I would want I would do the uh, the Hardaway Jr. a good wing shooter and a protected first rounder, probably lottery protected. And the Mavs need Mavs really need a guard that can be alongside Luca. Julius Randle. Nuggets trade Will Barton, Zeke Naji, and an unprotected first rounder for Julius Randle. Nugget, this would be huge for the Nuggets. You know, you could end up having a starting five of Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., Julius Randle, and Nikola Jokic. I think this trade makes a lot of sense for the Nuggets. Hawks, who have been looking to unload John Collins, it sounds like. John Collins, Tony Snell, and a protected first rounder. It's a good trade for the Knicks, too. John Collins, not a bad player. Um, and you get another first rounder. So I think this trade makes uh, sense both ways. Toronto trades Norman Powell, Patrick McCaw, Stanley Johnson, and an unprotected first rounder. Toronto probably needs this the most, in my opinion, um, because you know they're trying to make a run at the playoffs, and Randall would definitely help their scoring. So I like all three, though. All three are really good trades. So Zach Levine, here we go, this one. So we'll go to the Knicks. They trade R.J. Barrett, Frank Nitilakina, Kevin Knox, and two protected first rounders. You know, the Knicks try to go, you know, you trade, I know you drafted RJ Barrett second. I think Levine's definitely a better player and he's still very young. You know, you try to make a run at the playoffs here, be a good trade, Levine in New York. Uh, The Miami Heat trade Tyler Hero, Andre Iguodala, and one protected and one unprotected first rounder. Heat got to find something. A third star would help to form a big three of Butler, Bam, and uh, Levine. And the Bulls go ahead and get it. He's still a young shooting guard in Tyler Hero. And Iguodala, who's only got two years left on his deal, possibly could get bought out. And you get two picks. Uh, Warriors trade Kelly Oubre, Jordan Poole, Marquise Chris, Minnesota's first-rounder, and another unprotected first-rounder. This would be huge for Golden State if they could somehow land Zach Levine. I think this is the worst trade of the three. The only reason it could rival the Knicks is because that Minnesota first-rounder, if it ends anywhere from 4 to 10 or 4 to 14. Um, if inside the top three, then Minnesota obviously gets it back. The hero trades the best for the Bulls because you get a young you get a young stud and Tyler Hero, so that's a really good one there too. So for each trade, uh, I'd like to see Rozier go to the Mavs. I'd like to see Randall go to the Nuggets, and I'd like to see Levine go to the Heat. So my updated uh, Power Seven rankings: uh, one, the Los Angeles Lakers; two, the Brooklyn Nets; three, the Utah Jazz. Four, the Los Angeles Clippers. Five, the Philadelphia 76ers. Six, the Milwaukee Bucks. And seven, the Boston Celtics. I just bumped, you know, the Nuggets are really up and down right now. A very inconsistent team as we go, you know, so we'll see what happens with them. We're going to get into an overreaction or not. Five of them. Chiefs are one-hit wonders. Good Lord. Let me tell you what a one-hit wonder is. A one-hit wonder, if the Chiefs were one-hit wonders, this is what would have happened. They would have came out of nowhere last year. Obviously, the year before, they were in the AFC title game. Lost by six in overtime. Okay, so let's not forget that. But they would have been like the Chiefs coming out of nowhere last year, winning the Super Bowl, and then not making the playoffs and being bad. That's a one-hit wonder. Let me tell you what's not a one-hit wonder. A team that's been to three straight AFC championships, two straight Super Bowls, and won a Super Bowl. That is not. That's three years of good football. You've been to, down to the final four, three straight years, and you've been down to the final two and two of them. 
That is not a one-hit wonder, ladies and gentlemen. So that is a massive overreaction. The Chiefs are not one-hit wonders. They had a bad game. Banged up. Bucks had a great game plan. Shit happens. Bucks are just better that game. <laughs> and it's what it is. Volkov is a legit title contender. I don't think it's really an overreaction. But, I mean, yeah, I would. I honestly look at Volkov right now, and I see him as the fourth, fifth best fighter in the heavyweight division. Maybe fourth. I hate having to put Curtis Blades in there, but Blades did beat him. Because I would go Stipe, Ngannou, Jones, Blades, Volkov. So, yeah, I think he's a legit dog. That's not an overreaction. No, I don't think it is. I think it, he's, you're going to see him fight another guy in either, like I said, because the title shot's not coming for a while. So you got Stipe and Ngannou fighting in March. Um, the winner of that most likely is going to fight John Jones. Let's see, April, May, June, probably in July. So then July, August, September, October. You're not probably fighting for the – a new guy outside of Ngannou, Stipe, Jones is probably not fighting for the belt till what, October? November maybe? So, you know, but uh, yeah, he's going to have another fight for sure. He's going to wait. I'm guessing he waits to see what happens between Lewis, Blades, and then Rosenstruck, Gane. Because, I mean, those are the only other fighters that he could fight. You know, he just beat over him, so those are the only guys he could fight. But no, I don't think it's an overreaction. I do not think it's an overreaction that he's a legit title contender. Chiefs offense was exposed. No, it was not. Um, Because here's what happened. Uh, You have four offense linemen out. You know, you had four of your starting offensive linemen out. Uh, so, no, I don't think he was exposed. I, and I'm not saying the Bucks wouldn't have still won that game if the Chiefs was fully healthy because the Bucks' pass rush is nasty. But, no, the Chiefs' offense was not exposed. That is an overreaction. <laughs> Here we go, this one. The Utah Jazz is the best team in the NBA. Sure, record-wise. But that is a massive overreaction. Um, what do they have them? I have them over the Clippers, though, I think. I did think, yeah, I have them a third. I don't think they're better than the Nets when the Nets are playing all three guys, which rarely happens, it seems. Uh, they're not better than the Lakers. That's, the Lakers are too deep. They're not better than the Lakers. Uh, so, yeah, that is an overreaction. Uh, Conor McGregor is done being elite. Good God. I mean, people just, oh, this is a massive overreaction. He lost to Dustin Poirier, who's the number one contender in the division. After a year off, you know, he's trying to get some time in there. He, make, he fights the worst fight he could fight. Poirier fights the best fight he could fight, and he loses. That is a massive overreaction saying he's done being elite, though. Massive. I, I can't even talk about that. That's just ridiculous. All right. So some headlines, obviously, some old ones in here. Uh, Lions obviously got Stafford. Uh, Goff, 2022 and 2023 first-rounders and a future third go to uh, Detroit. And Stafford's head to the Lions, who are definitely going to be a title contender next year in the uh, NFC. Uh, Rams did make a run at Rodgers before Stafford deal, but Packers will not trade Rodgers. Um, Raiders, Ian Watson, calling other teams to potentially work out three-team deal to send Watson to Vegas. Why the Raiders and the Broncos need Watson as much as the Jets do? Obviously, the Jets need Watson a lot. They want to turn this thing around. They want to have a new culture. Um, bring in a really good quarterback. Here's why the Raiders and Broncos need him, though. Not only is Patrick Mahomes in the division, who's still the best quarterback in the NFL, by the way, um, but uh, Justin Herbert's in the division now. And damn it, he's the second-best quarterback in that division as it stands right now, and the Broncos have the worst quarterback, and then the Raiders have the second-to-worst. Okay? 
Uh, so yeah, you want to compete in that division? You go get Deshaun. One of you should either got uh, Watson or you should have got Stafford. But you better fight as hard as you can to get Deshaun Watson if you're Vegas or Denver. I'm sorry to tell you, you're not winning anything in that division with Drew Locke or Derek Carr as your quarterback. Not with Patrick Mahomes there and now Herbert there. The Chargers have a very strong roster returning. The Chiefs are going to be returning most of their guys. (laughs) Come on. You better go get him because you're not beating Patrick Mahomes in that division with Derek Carr or Drew Locke. I'm sorry to tell you. I do think Drew Locke and Derek Carr are good quarterbacks. Not as good. They're not as good as Herbert, or they're not as good as definitely not as good as Patrick Mahomes. He's the number one quarterback in the NFL. You better go get him. So Falcons say they are keeping Ryan and Julio. So that's where we're going to get into this what if mock draft here in a minute. We'll see what we'll give you the details on how this is going to work. Interesting that they're going to keep both. I don't think they can trade Stafford though, or I mean uh, Ryan though. I think he's got like forty one point three million dollar cap hit. Uh, Wentz to New England, possibly. Uh, rumored possibly went uh, New England or the Colts. So we'll, we'll let you know. We'll see what happens. Might happen. Uh, the Eagles are very eager to get a deal done, though. Andrew Luck returning. Uh, I, th- I don't think this – I don't know. There was a, a text message release where uh, Luck was missing Jim Irsay, or, uh He's missing football, and uh, he's meeting with Jim Irsay. So we'll see. Maybe Luck's come back. He's coming into a lot better of a situation in Indianapolis than he left. That's for sure. Um, Russ voices frustrations with Seattle. Said he's sick of getting hit so much. He uh, would like some help on the O-line. God, could this be Russ getting out? Cowboys, get on the phone. Uh, Pats, don- or Pats. I can't believe I said the Pats. Buccaneers dominate Super Bowl 55. Um... The pass rush was basically the game changer in the Super Bowl. Uh, Chiefs with a banged up O line, you, know, you had a center, you had center mission, a guard, both tackles. Um, the Buccaneers were just you know Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, Dominican Sue, JPP, uh, even Lev- uh, Levante David and Devin White getting in there. So I mean, they were just good all around, and you know the. Mahomes running for his life out there. Crazy how he only... I think he was only sacked three times. Felt like he should have been sacked nine or ten. Um, yeah, it just wasn't the Chiefs' night. Uh, their offense wasn't clicking. You know, you saw some weird drops. You had Hill drop the ball in the end zone. Kelsey dropped the ball on third and 11. It was a massive third and 11. I think it was... At the time, I think it was seven to three. He drops a ball. And then the Patriot Or Patriot, The Bucks go down and score. And Brady gets his Brady ends up getting a seventh ring. Gronk had a massive game. Antonio Brown catches a touchdown. So both the guys that Brady brought there end up uh, getting a touchdown. Um. Yeah, the the Buccaneers are just better. Uh, the game plan that Todd Bowles came up with on defense, and the Brady was able just to easily pick apart the Chiefs. Um. Chiefs really didn't get any pass rush on Brady. It was a lot of quick throws, quick screens, uh, draw plays, power football, really not letting the Chiefs do what they wanted to do. They wanted Brady to drop back and sit back in the pocket and let's rush him. Well, they didn't come out. They didn't do that at all. So, you know, it was it was what it was. You know, I think the Chiefs will be back. The Bucks will be back. Could get a rematch next year. It's very possible. 
Um, but yeah, I don't. It was just the Bucks night. Uh, you know, Mahomes banged up. No excuses, obviously, for the Chiefs. The Bucks were the Bucks were a better team that night. They were for sure a better team, and they came in with the correct game plan on both sides of the ball to dominate that football game, and that's what they did. All right, so let's do before we do college basketball. I do my what if mock draft. So this is what if Watson goes to the Jets, the Falcons and the Lions don't take quarterbacks, the Broncos go quarterback, Patriots trade for Wentz, and the Cowboys go O-line, okay? So here's how this would go. Obviously, Jacksonville still takes Trevor Lawrence at one. Houston would then get the second and 23rd pick in the first round because you traded Watson away. They would draft Justin Fields at two. The Dolphins would draft Jamar Chase. Still at three, the Falcons or the Falcons will go linebacker and Micah Parsons from Penn State. The Bengals would still get their tackle, Penay Sewell from Oregon. The Eagles would go wide receiver to help out Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. The Lions would also go wide receiver to help out Jared Goff and take Jalen Waddle. The Panthers would take Zach Wilson at quarterback. The Broncos then take Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State. The Cowboys take Rashawn Slater, the tackle from Northwestern. The Giants at 11 take Gregory Rousseau, the edge rusher from Miami. The Niners, then instead of usually, I usually have them picking Farley, they get Sertan at 12. At 13, the Chargers still go Derrishaw, which this pick would usually be Slater, so they go Derrishaw here. Then I have, instead of a tackle for the Vikings, I have them picking guard Wyatt Davis from Ohio State, who in my opinion is the best guard in the draft, or interior O-lineman. Now the Patriots have traded for Wentz. I have them going Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. I now have the Cardinals taking the other big-time corner, Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. I have the Raiders. They end up getting Kawiti Paya, the edge rusher from Michigan. The Dolphins get Jeremiah Owosu-Kormoa, the linebacker from Notre Dame. I have the Redskins selecting Mac Jones from Alabama, the quarterback. Uh, Bears still go offensive line. They're going Cosme, the tackle from Texas. Colts go J.C. Horn, corner from South Carolina. Uh, 22, the Titans go Aziz Olajari, the edge rusher from Georgia. And now Houston, obviously they get the 23rd pick from the Watson trade. They take Alicia Vera Tucker, the interior O-line from USC. Need to boost up that O-line for fields. 24, Steelers still take Leatherwood, the tackle. 25, Jalen Mayfield, the tackle from Michigan to Jacksonville. 26, Browns still get Christian Barmore from Alabama, the interior D-lineman. I do not have, and I think in my main one, I do not have the Ravens taking a receiver. If this receiver were, because I don't have this receiver falling to 27, but if he were to fall to 27, the, they would take Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. He's a stud. I have the Saints going uh, Zaven Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa. I have the Packers taking a receiver and Rondell Moore from Purdue. I still have the Bills taking Najee Harris from Alabama. And my main. I think in my main uh, mock, my main mock draft, I'd have the Chiefs taking Zayvon Collins, the linebacker, but instead I have them taking Terrence Marshall Jr., the wide receiver from LSU, and I still have Tampa taking Joseph Asai, the edge rusher from Texas. All right, college basketball. KU bounces back with big win versus number twenty-three Oklahoma State. First game since 2009, KU uh, played a game outside the top 25. Kind of weird, but they played that. It was the best game I saw KU play, all Big 12 play. They won 
Their, the guards defended well. Um, turnovers were a little much. Gave up too many offensive rebounds, in my opinion. And we didn't really didn't shoot the three well. And we won, were able to win the game because we were we were at will scoring in the paint. Uh, Garrett scored all his points basically in the paint and the free throw line. McCormick obviously most of his points in the paint. So I mean, it was a great showing from Kansas. I think they showed a different way they can win. They don't have to rely on the three. They can be a physical defensive team, and that's that's what they're gonna have to they're gonna have to be in order to win some games here late, and you know do some get some wins in the NCAA tournament. They're gonna have to be a really good sound. Disciplined defensive team. Gritty. Is it the first year it feels like we know who will play for the national title? It kind of feels that way. I just don't see how Gonzaga or Baylor is going to lose. They're just so, so much better than both than the other teams. And like my seeding rankings, everyone besides Gonzaga and Baylor, the other two, one, the one lines could get flip-flopped. All the two, threes, and fours are going to move around because it's just such an unpredictable year. But yeah, I really think... It's going to be Baylor-Gonzaga. Um, you know, it just feels like it's a foregone conclusion almost. Uh, Paige Becker is the point guard for uh, UConn, women's UConn, of course. Goes for 31-6-5 and five as number two UConn beats number one South Carolina. She's an unbelievable basketball player. Um, you know, going to be another great UConn women's basketball player. She's uh, probably already their best player. And, you know, comes up big, scores and it's 63-59. She scores half the team points, basically, and a win over the number one team in the country. Uh, who is the next best team behind Gonzaga and Baylor? I would say Michigan or Villanova. I would say Michigan's better than uh, um, Villanova. I like Michigan a little more. Um, I just don't think either of them are really close. I think I just like Michigan more than Nova. So let's get into the one seed... My my first seeding rankings. All right, so these are my I use I do this as it gets closer and closer to the end of the season. I'll start my seeding rankings. It's a little more. It's a little tougher this year because you know teams are you know outside of Gonzaga and Baylor, a lot of teams are bunched in together. So my number one overall number one seed is Gonzaga. My second number one seed is Baylor, of course. Then I go Michigan, Villanova. I know people are gonna say, "Well, where's Ohio State?" Chill. I don't think Ohio State's as good as Villanova. My two seeds, I go Houston, Ohio State, Illinois, Missouri. Um, again, I don't really like any of these teams. When I look at this list, there's okay, so let's just say, let's pick a team out of the two seeds I think could make the farthest run. I'll go, I'll go Houston. I'll go Houston because I like their total. I like I like their overall team. So I would go Houston as a team I think can make the farthest run out of the two seeds. Three seeds, Texas Tech, Virginia, Alabama, Iowa. Again, not high on Tech. I think they're too inconsistent. I, I think they have first, second round exit written all over them in the NCAA tournament. Same as Virginia, not high on them. I'm going to go Iowa as the three seed I think can make the farthest run. Luca Garza, they have shooters. They could get hot. That's why I'll go with Iowa. So, again, it's Texas Tech, Virginia, Alabama, Iowa as my three seeds right now. Four seeds, Texas, Oklahoma, Florida State, Tennessee. Not high on Texas or OU. Tennessee, I'm going Florida State. They've put, I think they're only 11-3 because they've missed so many games because of COVID. But so I just think their athleticism and defensive ability can carry them. I would say they're my, they're my favorite four seed team that I can see going the farthest in the NCAA tournament. Um, Let's see. 
so yeah, again, this weekend is going to be um, Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns for the welterweight title. Uh, should be good. Um, I really think. Uh, I just really think that Usman. I, I, I don't know, man. It's tough. To, it's tough for me to call that one. I'm like I said. I'm going for Usman because I want Colby Covington to be Usman. You know. Um. Oh yeah, UFC 260 loses Johnny Walker versus Jim Crute. Both up and come. You know, Jim Crute's a very. The UFC likes him. Walker, obviously, another up-and-comer. But Anthony Smith is going to step in to face Jim Crute. That is a tr- tough challenge for Crute this point in his career, this early in his uh, UFC career. I like it, though. Um, John Jones says there is one fighter who comes close second in mid-goat conversation. He says Amanda Nunes. So, nice, John Jones. Okay. See if there's any latest news. Uh, Khabib says Dustin Poirier deserves to be champion. I agree. They should give Poirier the belt. Nate Diaz says Conor McGregor dropped the ball versus Dustin Poirier. Absolutely, he did. That's not even a question. Um, Frank Yeager after loss. I've been here before. Yeah, I'll see if that was a brutal knockout. That was rough. I mean, that flying knee was filthy. I hope he is actually okay. Oh, no. Demi Rivera and Pedro Munoz pulled from UFC 258. Why? It's COVID. They're hoping to rebook it February 27th. Oh, man. That's rough. Just going through some new uh, highlight news things here. On uh, newsnow.com. That sucks at Jimmy, but that's going to be a good fight. Uh, Fabricio Verdum, Kayla Harris, highlight PFL's heavyweight and women's lightweight brackets. So PFL's coming back to restart here. Obviously, they got some newer guys. Uh, Pettis and Verdum are going to be competing. So that'll be good. And obviously, Nate Diaz wants to fight at a... Khabib said that he thinks... If UFC doesn't give Poirier the belt, Conor Poirier 3 is a good title fight. And obviously Nate Diaz wants to fight Poirier all over at 170 pounds. UFC isn't going to allow that to happen. All right, thank you guys. So I think I'm going to try to be back Friday. It'll be a little quicker show on Friday. Um, But yeah, it was a good show. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.